Welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Disney Cast Member, where I chat to Disney Cast Members from all walks of life and, of course, all walks of magic. In today's episode, I'll be chatting with Emily Connell, who sprinkled her pixie dust in Disney's Magic Kingdom. Hi, Emily. Hi, how are you? I'm not bad. How are you doing? I'm swell, thank you. I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. I've not had somebody swell yet. I like that. <laughs> Swell's my go-to word. It's really cheesy, but I love it. <laughs> I love it too. Um, but we don't have too much time in these podcasts, Emily, so I'm going to say let's get cracking. Yeah, absolutely. So um, first question I always ask everyone was, what was the inspiration for applying for your summer program? So I had never like, I'd never been to Disney World before I did my program. Like, I'm going to be honest, like I didn't really know a huge amount about it. And then my friend Ashley Harrison did the program in 2017. She did the CEP and I know her from like Twitter. Um, And then I met up with her just to like have a catch up and say hi the week before she was flying out. So she was like buying lots of little like bits and bobs and stuff. Um, And it was like, she was telling me all about it. And all of a sudden I was like, this sounds like incredible. This is amazing. And the applications are just open. So I was like, do you know what? I'm going to give it a go. I'm just yeah. going to give it a go and see what happens. And it's like, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, actually, this sounds kind of incredible. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. Honestly, like it was just one of those things where I hadn't heard about it before, but as soon as I heard about it, I was like, this is something I have to do. So it's not one of those things I hadn't like, you know, a lot of my friends had heard about it years ago and they'd like made sure that they could do it and stuff. And I just heard about it on a whim. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that because it is, it's very common that people have just been to like the park so often and mm-hmm. then like as they're growing up and then like, speaking to cast members about it. But it's nice that you actually ended up just, it was just like on a whim situation, spontaneous, like I'm going to go and do this because why the hell not? Yeah, absolutely. And like, I felt really awkward when I was there, like in the interviews and stuff, because everybody who was, you know, they knew what they were doing. They knew about Disney World. And I was kind of like, hi, like, <laughs> don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to have a good time. So your first time in the parks was as a cast member, right? Yes. Yeah, so we, the, our first um, time in the parks was supposed to be like when you go in for traditions and you go into Magic Kingdom for the first time. Yeah. Um, but we went, uh, we flew out on the Saturday. Our program started on the Monday and uh, Lauren Evans, you, I think oh, you've interviewed, yeah, you, you know Lauren Evans. Yeah. Oh, absolutely love Lauren. So she's like really good friends with one of my friends from my program, Mike. Um, and she messaged like, cause he had never been to the parks before his program either. So me and him were in the same boat. So she messaged us before we went and she said, I've got some guest passes if you guys want to come to Magic Kingdom on the Sunday, like before your program starts. Um, so you can experience like the parks p- properly. And we were like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so is, we had like- That's just such a Lauren thing to do. She's such a Lauren thing to do. Honestly, it was the sweetest thing like ever. And so she like took us around Magic Kingdom for the day. And we were like crying like every two seconds. It was such, it was like the best memory, honestly. So cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. So as someone who had never been to the parks before, how did you feel when you got that email saying you were going? And also, if you remember where you were, tell us about that as well. I do. Um, I was actually, I was on the tube. Like I was on the tube platform in Hammersmith, which is actually where like Disney HQ is. Yeah. I like walk, I used to live in Roehampton. So I'd go into work to Central. Same. I, I was, yeah. Roehampton Uni. Oh my God, I did. Same. Oh my God. I actually dropped out. That's funny. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was like, I mean, I'm grateful I went because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do the program. So yeah, silver lining. But yeah, I used to go to work in Central. So I used to pass, go through Hammersmith and pass Disney HQ. And every time I'd pass it, I'd be like, you know, looking at it like please let me in um (laughs) and literally I was on the tube platform and the tube had just pulled up and I got an email on my phone 
friends and I just burst into tears on this tube platform as I was getting on and all these commuters were like what is she doing (laughs) and I was listening to um, Moana at the time as well which is uh, so whenever I'd watch so whenever I'd watch Happily Ever After and Moana would come on I'd be like oh my god guys memories (laughs) so great I love that um and I again like I'd hate to repeat myself but you'd never worked at the parts before so you didn't really know what to expect in each position at all you're going in completely cold turkey um do you remember exactly yeah what position you applied for and then obviously what did you end up getting so before the final interviews they gave us like a list of all the roles and we like read up about them there were some like videos and stuff and then prior to that they asked us to come up with like a top four almost that we could talk about in our final interview with um sue sharp who works from disney um so my top four were character attendant character performer attractions and full service food and beverage so like seating um and then just before like and when we were at disney hq just before the interview the yummy jobs people said to us like just so you guys know they're not doing character attendant anymore so if that's in your top four you'll need to change it and i think i panicked and i was like um um costuming i guess because I did drama at uni. I've been a theater kid like forever. So I was like, costuming sounds kind of cool, I guess. I didn't really know a huge amount about it. I knew that it was like a a more backstage role. So I was like, sure, let's talk about that. And as soon as I mentioned that in the interview, I could see um, the interviewer's like ears like prick up. She was like, that's that's interesting. Yeah, because I found out it's not a popular job. (laughs) It's It's not a role choice a lot of people go for, because like I said, it's behind the scenes it's backstage you don't get to like have make any guest experiences and stuff like that so yeah so but so yeah I mean let's move on to um the role the role that you ended up getting then mm-hmm. which sounds like it was costuming it um, was indeed it, as it's a backstage role I'm going to completely leave the ball in your court to tell us um as much about the process from first like getting that position to your last day um, as much as you can without breaking. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I was in entertainment costuming, which is basically like the costuming that you do for any performers. So character performers, like fur face, all that stuff. And they have two separate sections for it. So they have operational costuming and then entertainment. So operational is for like cast members who do any other role that's not performing. So that was something that I just didn't even touch. Um, But then I worked in Magic Kingdom. So the entertainment in Magic Kingdom, their costuming is actually in the Utilidors, which I'm sure everybody knows. That's like the tunnels underneath Magic Kingdom. It's very, very very secret and very, very cool. It's very, Um, very cool. Like It's very cool. In traditions, which like, and it's something that you can't do unless you're a cast member. Like you're never going to be able to. Mm -hmm. They might actually do it. Do they let you go in there on the one of the backstage tours maybe? I think they've got like they've got the keys to the kingdom tour which takes you through there but I think they don't show you everything yeah um, I think they do try to keep like the character integrity alive so they don't let you look in costuming and stuff like that I'm pretty oh. sure but like I mean when when I walked through the utilidors in my traditions I saw like like a lot of stuff I don't think I was supposed to and I was like oh wow this is backstage this is really cool <laughs> I love it it was um, amazing but yeah so what do so you you were in entertainment costuming what would your day-to-day work look like um so we had like different sections of like the costuming that we would do and it would give you like sort of I guess because I didn't work in attractions but like a lot of my friends did and I guess you would have like throughout the day you'd go from like position to position so you'd do like greeting you'd do like buggy park and stuff like that it was a bit like that in costuming so you'd do a few hours in laundry for example and then you'd go over to like 
um, building like character costumes and stuff. And then you go over to back to laundry, just depending on what, like how busy it was. Cause at like five o'clock and stuff, when they have like character dining, for example, there's going to be a lot of people coming in and getting their costumes. And then after that, at like seven, there's going to be a lot of people coming in and returning their costumes. So it just depends on like how busy it is, where you, what position you'd be in. Um, but so you would do laundry, you would do a thing called soil, which is sort of like pre-laundry. That's when the performers would come in, they'd return all their costumes and you would just sort them out for them. It was actually, it's, do you know, Sorry, I just want to say for anyone that's listening that hasn't been a cast member before, that is one of the main perks of being a cast member that I, mm-hmm. I, I never did my own laundry. It's so bad. It's, honestly, always- it's, I, I, and it, this is the thing. Everyone's like, wow, you did laundry. When I talk about, I worked at Disney, I did laundry. Everyone's like, oh, but I cannot even express how much fun it was. Like, it sounds really weird, but like, I, I mean, I guess it would be different for doing like operational costuming, but for entertainment, you know, you're like cleaning Cinderella's dress. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Exactly. <clears throat> it's pretty cool. Um, there'd be stuff like that. And then, you know, doing stuff like it was very, you know, you could do like mailing around the office and stuff. And then they had a thing at the front called the issue counter, which is kind of like the front desk of costuming. And that's where you had all of your interaction with like other cast members. So obviously you were backstage, so you didn't have any guest interaction, but you had a lot of cast members who would come in and like need a locker or need like a name tag and stuff. So they would be your quote unquote guests. So I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it because I do quite like guest service. I work in hospitality now and I absolutely love it. So getting that part was like the best. And you you got to talk to all the performers as well when they would come and issue out their costumes and they were all, you know, so nice. They all had so many good stories, like, I remember like there were certain people in costuming that you'd end up like forming a bit of a relationship with like you would you would end up like familiarizing yourself yourself with people that would be on certain shifts and stuff which was nice oh Um, yeah for sure but I was I was gonna ask were there any uh like difficulties in the role was it was it like quite a high um stress level role or did you find that it was super chill um I I like at the start I thought it was the most stressful thing in the world because I you know, a lot, it was, there was four of us on the program who did costuming. There was three girls who did like textiles at university and me. So I did not do textiles at university. So they sort of knew about costumes. They knew about garments and stuff. I knew nothing. So I was very much just learning everything at the start. So it was a lot to take in, but after a while, I just got to, I got to absolutely loving it. The one thing I will say was like the main point of stress for me was the hours because costuming, entertainment costuming opens two hours before the park opens and it closes two hours after the park closes. So the hours can be, so if the park opens at 7 a.m. for like extra magic hours, costuming's opening at five. So you would have to start working at like five. And you know, it could go on until like three o'clock and if they had like an extra, like an extra event after hours that would finish at one, you'd be there until like three. And from like, from Disney (laughs) thing as well, like Magic Kingdom's not the easiest. I know, that's the thing. Like I'd often finish a shift at 1 a.m. And then the next day I'd have a shift that would start at like 9 a.m. And for Disney, they're like, great, that's eight hours in between shifts. That's perfectly fine. But I'm like, but we have to get the bus back. And then we have to get the bus there in the morning. And Transtar is just like not the best. Oh, so. Transtar, that's me. <laughs> oh, I know. It was the, you know, the best feeling was when you'd like, the, like the coaches would pull up, like not the Transtar, like shuttle buses. They'd have like these big coaches when they'd pull up to West Clock at the end of a shift, you'd be like, oh, this is this is the life of luxury. It was the yeah, best. Literally. Um, <laughs> when it came to operational and um, entertainment costuming, were they in two completely sef- uh, separate different parts of the utility doors or was it still 
Like one yeah, year. so yeah, so um, entertainment costuming was actually in the Utilidors, and then and um, operational costuming was actually um, like offsite. So it was, um, you know, where Disney University is. Yes, well, is that it, West, that's where West Clock is, right? That's where West Clock is. Yeah, so you have like Disney University, and then you have the West Clock shuttle bus, which takes you to the Utilidors if you work in Magic Kingdom and stuff. And then just behind that bus station, bus station, quote unquote, is um, operational costuming. So they're two completely different. Wow. areas i mean i guess yeah. i guess the convenience of having it makes sense because the con- obviously the bus for cast members will drop you off at west clock you can um get your costuming before you go into the park but with mm-hmm. entertainment i guess you literally have to you can't like jump on the bus at west clock after you've got change like you know to be an entertainer you need to be prim and proper and ready to go for the day yeah for sure so like all the entertain all the performers would come I guess they'd, I don't know where they'd go when they came into the Utilidors initially, but then they would just come down to us, get their costumes and then go off and do, go off and do their thing. It was very, it was very like a fast paced environment because people were often like rushing in to get costumes in time for their like sets and stuff. Um, But it was really cool. And then they kept, so they kept most of the costumes with us, but then certain things like parades, like the Festival Fantasy Parade. um, And I believe a couple of other things like that were kept sort of, like off not with us there was like a big warehouse I guess like um backstage like behind I think it's behind like guest guest relations okay. in Main Street um they had like a big sort of warehouse thing there where they kept all the floats and they kept all the like the costumings and stuff for them so we didn't touch those <laughs> that's crazy oh yeah. it's, so, it's so cool to hear all about it and a uh, quick question about the actual costumes themselves mm-hmm. are there any um attractions or operational departments that aren't like your typical like character entertainment or performer entertainment that seep into um entertainment when it uh, the entertainment costuming side of things like jungle cruise for example would that end up being an entertainment or is that still operational that's still operational yeah so for us it was purely just fur characters face characters and then they kept some of the like in the um magic kingdom character room which, which we called it which was the actual place in the utilidors they would have some things like trolley show um and things that weren't like a, like a costume per se it was just more like an outfit i guess um and then but other than that it was all all the rides all attractions restaurants everything like that even the more like performing based ones like you say jungle cruise they were all in ops costuming yeah that's crazy oh it's so exciting to hear about all of that i think everyone's gonna be buzzing right now (laughs) i'm glad obviously we know it comes from somewhere we know you don't just like wave a wand around but you know like it's it's really cool especially because i worked in epcot so it's Mm -hmm. nice to hear it from um another side of things as well but um, absolutely absolutely yeah it's one of those things like when you because before i'd been to magic kingdom or anything like when i was before i'd done my training we all went into ops costuming to get our costuming costumes and you know it's crazy in there they've just got like walls and walls of clothes and it's so well organized it's just it's so much fun like honestly it's really wild I love it um on uh on a separate note obviously Mm -hmm. a huge part of the summer program we're touching slightly but is uh Disney housing I always say R.I.P. Disney housing R.I.P. Disney housing Um, I know but tell us about where you lived and uh, what your general living experience like uh, was like in America. So I lived in Chatham Square. Um, I think when it came to like choosing a housing complex, I was very, I didn't really care where I went. I honestly just wanted the cheapest one because yeah. um, I wanted to spend as much money on like merch and stuff as possible and not on rent. Um, so I lived in a six people, two bedroom apartment. So there was three of us in a room and it was me 
and I live with five American girls who are all doing the Disney College program. So when I moved in in June, they had been there since like late January, uh, late January. So when I walked in, the, the apartment was completely furnished. They had decorations. It was all very much already done. And I was like, this is great. I don't have to buy anything. Um, <laughs> and they were all so, 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 and so sweet. They were all amazing girls. Um, but they, their programs ended, I think like late July, which is when we were still there. So for like a week, I had the apartment just completely to myself. Oh, that's nice they didn't make you move because sometimes when the capacity drops under a certain amount, they make you move, don't well, they? Well, they, they did make me move, but after a week. So I was just living in this apartment for a week on my own. And I was like, this is great. And then for like the last week or maybe 10 days of my program, they were like, oh, we'll move you then. And I was like, what's the point? Yeah. Why? <laughs> what so- was the point? They made me move all my stuff to like a third floor apartment for like less than two weeks. I was like, cool, that's fine. Oh, really? <laughs> um, And, and living in america you generally enjoyed that experience oh so much so much yeah um me and my friends because obviously i worked in costuming they worked in attractions and food and beverage and custodial we all had completely crazy just yeah. different schedules but the one thing we would always do is like pretty much like every night we would just go and get like late night food yeah at, so what, like what was your number one spot oh denny's 100 nice. denny's we were denny's fine Oh my goodness. Is it like it was all these places with 24 hours and this is like such a weird concept to me like everywhere is 24 hours. I know. So we would go at like 1 a.m. to like Denny's and you know have like a steak and I was like this is so wild that we can just do this. I love it here yeah, so much. Imagine though, they opened somewhere in the UK that was like a 24-hour restaurant like we could actually go in and dine. I would be so about that. I would 100% be there. Same. Oh my goodness. I keep messaging my friends because two of my friends from my program live like in London or near London. I keep saying like, guys, we should go and find like a 24 hour place and just go get food. Uh, But it's, they're just, they're just not really a thing in the UK. And it sucks because in America, that was like the high point. (laughs) I I loved it. it. I love it. Like I hop at like 2am. It's a dream. You just can't, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. (laughs) Um, We spoke briefly before we started about guest experience and obviously being in the utility doors, you don't necessarily get to interact with guests that much. But were there any experiences within the role that really stood out to you? Um, so like I said, our guests, quote unquote, were other cast members. So if they needed a name tag or like a locker, they'd come to the front desk and we could sort that out for them and stuff. Um, but then obviously also talking to like the performers, they would always come in and always, you know, most of them were really, really nice. Um, one of my favorite experiences was um, one of the performers who was like friends with Flynn Rider when he would come in for his Bon Voyage brunch or breakfast or whatever they do yeah. at the um yeah um he came in to get his costume for that and we keep the crown behind the front desk so he would have to come and ask me for the crown and I would just be like giving giving the crown to someone I was like this is wild <laughs> this is such a wild experience um but then one of my favorite things to do was called we, what were called like costuming runs so if um so they have all these break rooms in the magic kingdom wherever you have like you know meet and greets or like dining or whatever um, all the performers have like these break rooms where they just chill and if they've forgotten a piece of costuming or they've like you know lost a glove or they've got the wrong size shoe or whatever they will just call us and be like can you bring it to us like now or whatever they need it for so so much of my time was just spent like running around the utilidors like taking like a new dress or a new like glove or something to the all these performers um, and that was so much fun because you would just get to see like so many different sides of the utilidors yeah. They were, you know, I got so lost so many times. But one of my favorites was taking a piece of costume to um, one of the performers. She was friends with Ariel. And I would take it to like the grotto. And 
she was so excited that I was from the UK and she was like asking me about like oh my god do you drink tea and everything and I was like oh <laughs> and it was just like a really 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 wholesome experience and then I would see her like I would go and I would like see her doing her thing like on stage and stuff sometimes and I'd be like oh my goodness it's her like it was really cute um so yeah I think like most of the most of my um guest quote experiences were from like performers um but yeah like it was so nice to just be able to like talk to cast members especially as well that way you don't have to like deal with any like rude guests or whatever because all the cast members who are coming to you and most, you know, most of them are really, really nice people. So you've got to have great conversations with I them. I mean, the only so. one, other than a few, a few people I won't mention, but like other than those, <laughs> like it was mainly, it was mainly the like the only time I ever feel stressed is if like you weren't impressing a guest enough, you know, like that was oh the yeah stress. So like the cast, especially at, like start the start your shift, you're like yeah, ready to do this. So you get them at the best time as well. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. There were a couple of people who were obviously a bit um rude and stuff and we had the the fair handful of people who wouldn't who would think you know oh they're just costuming so we don't need to treat them like people which was like I didn't realize how much that happened and I was like whoa this is kind of crazy um but so many of the cast members as they were leaving like all the performers they'd say like oh thank you so much costuming we really appreciate you and stuff because like we're the ones having to touch all their sweaty clothes and like clean and stuff so um there was one performer I remember he literally came in and I like, he came in as I was like sort of leaving the area. And when I came back like a couple of minutes later, he literally just left his clothes on the floor. And I was like, that's not cool. That's it's not cool. Like, <laughs> down to like undoing your like, like make sure your trousers were undone the right way. Like your pockets were empty. Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, things like that. I would always make sure that I did that because at the end of the day, somebody else is cleaning your clothes for you. Like it, like you should just a respecting yeah. but we don't care exactly. there's gonna be prima donnas in any job you go oh to. for sure you for don't... sure like I was just kind of like you know what whatever I've got all these really nice people around me so exactly. I'll pick up your clothes this time it's fine and <laughs> <laughs> um, when it comes to a highlight of your program outside of work um was there one that stands out to you as well Emily probably just visiting Magic Kingdom for the first time like that sounds really cheesy um but because I'd never been before I didn't didn't know what I was expecting and I just walked in for the first time and I think I just burst into tears like me and my friend we just burst into actual tears because we were like oh my goodness this place is so magical um but then also I think seeing my first happily ever after yeah was probably because my like I said my roommates were on the DCP so on my first night there on the Monday of moving into housing um, they were like we have to take you to see happily ever after for the first time and it was so cute so they like got me guest passes to go in and I watched it and I was literally like sobbing when I tell you I was sobbing <laughs> you know what it's so it, it, it's so amazing that so many people have different stories about like people getting them into parks and stuff to do these things before you even start mm-hmm. and obviously not everyone's lucky enough to have that because it is a right place right time situation but like one of um my my roommate's best friends he was like just finishing his summer program as I was coming on my CRP so there was like a cross mm-hmm. he got us and like our other group in the park and things like that you're just like that is just so wonderful of you I know like when people go out of their way to like make something you know to make magic for you even when they're not working like it's just it shows you that they're hiring the right kind of people it's in our blood Emily you know I blood. know exactly um but seeing I remember as well seeing my first happily after was happily ever after sorry was like especially magic because um, you know flying Tinkerbell when she like flies at the end of Happily Ever After yeah that was part of one of my role one of my jobs in costuming was to sort of help her make the magic shall we say so I would sort of help her with her costume one of the <laughs> hey. 
Yeah, so the girl, the performers who were friends with Flying Tinkerbell, they would always come down to costuming like every night before the show, um, before the fireworks show, sorry, and we would just sort of get them ready. Wow, that is so awesome. And, and what- that was the highlight, yeah, of like working. That was my working highlight for sure. And to like watch Happily Ever After before you've even started work and then like, and to that moment for everyone that watches it is like, I mean, the nights where Tinkerbell can't fly because it's a little bit too windy are the most devastating nights of all. Like, it's just I know. Like, this is the thing. Like, I'd never seen, like, Wishes or anything. I'd never seen the Disney fireworks show before. So I went and I just was not expecting... Because Peter Pan is one of my favourite Disney movies. I was not expecting Tinkerbell at all. And then she just, like, flew out the castle and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is the best day of my life. And then like hearing the cheering and hearing everybody going crazy for it that was like because there were times in my program where I felt a bit down because I was like oh I'm not on stage I'm not making magic like of course to guess but then my friends would like film flying Tinkerbell on doing happily ever after and they'd be like the cheering you're hearing that's because of something that you did like you helped make this happen it wouldn't be possible without like people do forget um in any in any role but like especially with Disney because um the like guest facing roles are so incredible people forget that those guest facing roles only happen because the people backstage are doing Mm -hmm. absolutely everything they can to make it happen um oh for sure for sure like I have like I always had respect for people who works like backstage in Disney and stuff but now it's like I have you know so much respect for it because so much behind the scenes goes on the guests just don't see like that makes everything happen like it's just it's just 24 hour thing it just happens everything is always moving to make sure that the guests are having the best experience and it's just it's really crazy to think about it's so magical I love it oh oh my <laughs> I'm getting emotional <laughs> as you were saying like you can like there's the cheering stuff as Tinkerbell flies from the castle like I can hear like everyone going <gasps> look like I can hear no honestly it's oh my it just makes me so sad that we can't be there right now i oh, know yeah, tell we, me about it we, we will be there eventually sooner we will there, it's gonna happen and um, but i have one final question for you emily mm-hmm. it's a tough one but i just want to know that if i could send you to any disney park resort cruise line disney area anywhere disney in the world right now where would you go and what would you do oh i would 100 go to walt disney world that's for sure um in terms of like what what park See, I, my favorite park is always a toss up between Magic Kingdom because of like the memories and stuff, but then also Animal Kingdom because the okay. theming there is just bonkers. It's just incredible. Um, I think I'd probably go Magic Kingdom. I would eat a Dole Whip. Yeah. I would go to Casey's Corner and get nugget, get corn dog nuggets and fries, sit on the hub grass and just, just live my best life. Because honestly, that's something I miss. I maybe miss Disney food. <laughs> Oh my god! So Disney chicken nuggets can girl, we appreciate? Girl, they are my favorite things. Oh my god! Maybe I, I get those instead. I did. I did the uh, a Disney cruise, and oh my god, the amount of Disney chicken nuggets that I had. <gasps> they're just they're just con- consistently excellent. Like they're yeah. so good. Yeah, like incredible. Oh, I want to go. I want to go. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I'm just like I'm, I'm manifesting that it's it's going to happen soon. It's going to happen will. soon. It will. It Emily, will. thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your Disney journey. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I just thank you so you. much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course, no worries. So this has been another episode of Disney, uh, Disney Confessions, Confessions of a Disney Cast Member. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, follow our Instagram, and listen to all of the other episodes because they're just as magical as each other. Keep spreading the magic, everyone, and bye for now.